Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 77 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, my guest today recently returned to the ring for the first time in more than a year and a half. He was formerly known as the prestigious one. Now he is the answer. He is Joe Hendry. Joe, welcome to the show. Say his name and he appears. I believe in Joe Hendry. I believe in Joe Hendry. Cause they love him in London and Paris and Tokyo. America, Scotland and Canada and Mexico. They say, I believe in Joe Hendry. I believe in Joe Hendry. Thank you for having me, Kevin. How are you? I am outstanding because I am talking to the answer, Joe Hendry. So uh, it's well, been a while. I appreciate that, Kevin. I appreciate that. It has been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, you, this is actually your second appearance. Uh, you were on way back on episode five with your tag team partner at the time, Dalton Castle. Uh, but you were a different guy then. I mean, you have a completely new look. Mm-hmm. You have blonde hair. Uh, I saw you in a outstanding uh, white leather jacket. And, and you are now the answer. Tell me about the answer. I have questions. Well, um, God, where to start? Uh, really, to be honest with you, what I'm talking about when I say the answer, like I refer to myself as Joe the answer. And um, the reason I do that is because what the answer is, is it's your gut instinct. Your gut instinct always knows what is right, what is going to get over, what should be done, and uh, what the next step should be. You know the answer is within you. So it's just encouraging you to pursue that. And it's basically saying, you know, if I think it's funny to do a a vignette where I just emerge from the sea and rep dumbbells to hash pipe by Weezer, then that's what I'm going to do. I don't care about the consequences. If I want to do a Negan Walking Dead entrance, if I want to do a comedy entrance, whatever I want to do, I'm going to do it. Because I've been training with somebody called Dorian Yates, who is a six-time Mr. Olympia. He took the reins after Arnold. And as he says... Good things happen when you just don't care anymore. Mm. Well, I'm familiar with him. So, yeah, you, you've been training with him. That's, that's yeah. for real. Wow. Indeed. Indeed. Well, this new persona, I, I have to ask you, does, does this mean that we're not going to hear the I Believe in Joe Hendry theme song anymore? Because I love that freaking song. I, I haven't decided yet. I doubt if you do hear it, it won't be the same. There will be changes. Um, I think there just comes a point where, to be honest with you, it's there comes a point where you have to say, I'm not I'm not over anymore. I've I've not been seen for 18 months. I'm not over anymore. And I need to come back with a bang. I need to do something different. And I have to steed into what I believe is the right thing to do. And that requires change. So if we do have that theme song, it will be reflective of what I'm doing. I may do something brand new. I may do a custom song for every single show that I do from now on. Like I'm just right now, it's total creative freedom. Um, like I'm going to post these videos I, every, with everything I do. I want people to go, what the hell is that? That's what I'm going for. I want people to question what it is that they're watching. I don't know if you've seen the vignettes that I've been posting, but also I want Joe the answer to show up and do a DJ set 
not for in front of wrestling fans necessarily, but just show up at a club and do a DJ set. I want Joe the Answer to show up in at a comedy club. I want Joe the Answer to appear in a movie. I want Joe the Answer to just start emerging in different places and to get the fans thinking, you know, what the hell is going on in that man's head right now? Because that's it's what I think is funny. It's what I think is fun. And to be to be quite honest with you, Kevin. Um, I genuinely believe that I have what it takes within me to be the guy that moves the needle for this company. And I'm not going to do it by doing the same stuff and just, you know, relying on what I've got. It's not enough. It's not enough. I know exactly what I need to do, but I genuinely, in my heart, I believe I can be the guy for this company. And I know some people will laugh at that or whatever. I just don't care anymore, Kevin. I don't care what other people think anymore. Okay, I get that. I'll tell you what, though, Joe, I will not laugh at that because I do think you can move the needle. No question in my mind. It, it really seems like you're saying basically expect the unexpected and to use all the cliches, always keep them guessing. And I think that could be exciting. Really, to steal a page from uh, or a, a phrase, I should say, from another Ring of Honor superstar, EC3, you were basically in your own way, your own unique way, saying that you're going to control your narrative. Well, that's EC3's thing. And that's very right. that's that's great for him. But you know, this is this is about Joe the answer. So I'm not gonna use the same terminology as him because that's what he's doing. I'm doing my own thing over here. Right. Right. Well, that's why I said it was it was your own unique. Uh, it, it, it's similar, but obviously very much different. How, how is it similar, Kevin? You tell me how it's similar. Well, I think it's similar. You tell me how me and EC3 <laughs> are similar. Well, I think the fact that you guys are both uh, built like uh, – we'll have to we'll have to, uh, <laughs> we'll have to edit this. You guys are both built like brick houses, right? I mean, that's a that's – uh, is that an American term? I think it might No, be. no. That's, I, I completely comprehend what you're talking about there, okay. Kevin. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, you guys, and we'll get to your body transformation in a little bit. But again, not to say that what you're doing is not completely original, because it is. Uh, no one else is calling themselves Joe the Answer. But just I love it how, hang, hang on a second, Kevin. Yeah. I, I just love it how literally I've posted a video where I emerge from the sea. I saw it. I emerge from the sea holding dumbbells, and yeah. I rep those dumbbells walking up Portobello Beach in Edinburgh leaving people going, what the hell is this? And now you're telling me that I am similar to EC3. It's, it's a hell of a jump, Kevin. But you know, only, in the, only in the broad sense that you're controlling, uh, let's not say your narrative, you're controlling your, what's the word I want to, I'm looking for? What's the word I'm searching for, Joe? If we're, not your narrative, your... The answer. <laughs> the answer. Yeah, we're, I'm the controlling answer. my own answer. Like what I'm yeah. putting out there, like, look at this. This is, this is what I'm trying to say, right? It takes a real courage to, you go out there and you entertain the crowd as best you can. But if you look at somebody like Andy Kaufman, right? It takes a real courage to walk out in front of that audience and the, for the desired emotion to be, you want them to be perplexed and confused. That takes real courage. And I now know that I'm, I'm going out there and I, 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 I'm pleased if I entertain the fans, but at the end of the day, I just thought it would be funny to emerge from the sea and rep dumbbells to hash pipe by Weezer. And that's the type of stuff that I'm going to be doing. Well, I'm, I'm excited about it. See, now you're talking my language. When you say Andy Kaufman, now yeah. I get it. Now I have more of an understanding of what you're saying because I love that. I mean, that was like, uh, what do you call it? Guerrilla comedy, or I don't know if I just made that up, but um, yes, he would do anything. You never knew what to expect with Andy Kaufman as a comedian. And if you're saying you're going to bring a similar uh, unpredictability to ring of honor where any, or not even ring of honor, it could happen as you said, anywhere, 
It could be in a movie, in a club, that no one can predict what you're going to do. I think that is, uh, that's exciting, that's new, that's fresh, and I'm all about it. I think what it's about, Kevin, I think it's just, to be honest with you, is this is this is genuinely who I am. This is how my mind works. And it's just going, you know what? Maybe I'm a little bit unhinged. Maybe I'm a little bit crazy. But isn't everyone. So why don't I just be, this is, this is my authentic self. This is the nonsense that goes on in my head. And I just, like you say, I think I'm perhaps needed 18 terrible months to be sat at home, questioning myself, doubting myself, all these negative thoughts to creep in, all these bad things. If I told you everything that happened in my life over the last 18 months, you would not believe it, Kevin. And I think I needed that. I needed to hit rock bottom to go, well, you know what? There's there's nothing left to lose here. I'm just gonna I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna give this everything I, I've got. Because see, when I started pro wrestling, I was about to turn 25. It was New Year's Eve going into 2013, and I was sitting there and I was like, I have failed. I have failed at life. I have not achieved any of the things I wanted to. And my true dream is to go out there and be a professional wrestler. And from tomorrow, that is what I'm going to be. Every waking second, I am going to be pursuing that dream. And within a year, I was wrestling for big indies which you know i was wrestling for icw which was like one of the biggest indies in the world at the time i got a wwe try it within nine months of my first day of training like i you know I, I just hit the ground running because i had this intensity that could not be matched my competition could not match me and you know what i'm just going to tell you straight kevin i'm not going to say that i was coasting but i got to a point where i got good enough at this and that's the problem good enough to earn a paycheck and that's just not in my wheelhouse i just had to i had to have this time away to go my god i i can do this i can go to the very top i can go all the way but i have to go all in that's why i found dorian yates okay i went to go and find him i had to travel to marbella to find dorian yates and convince him to train me right and he says to me okay what do you want to train now if you want to get some nice pictures for Instagram, I go, oh, let's do chest, right? But I know that everyone is afraid of Dorian Yates' leg day. And I says, do you know what, Dorian? What do you want to train? And he says, if you leave it to me, we're going to do back today and legs tomorrow. And Kevin, that moment doing legs with Dorian Yates changed my life because I realized what my actual maximum output is. I was nearly in tears on this leg press and the hack squat and the leg extension. He had me doing eight and a half plates on either side of the leg of the leg press. On each side, I wanted to give up after three reps and he got me to do 13, 13 reps. And I realized, oh my God, I have been operating at 30%. I have been operating at 30%. And I'm not joking you, Kevin, all the blood vessels in my eyes burst. My eyes were blood red. The oh. same with my shoulders, the same with my legs. Like I was a mess. I could not, when I was going home, I could not walk up the stairs to get on the plane. I had to lift myself using the, like the, the handles on the side. I could not walk up the steps. I was like, they're not going to let me on this plane. That's how intense it was. And I realized then that day that I've, when you, when you spend time with someone who was the best at what they did, you know, and you learn from them, you realize what your true maximum output is. And then I realized like, look, I have only scratched the surface in my professional wrestling career, but it is now time to run at this 100%. And I can't wait to get back because I know the answers are clear to me. I know what I need to do. I'm not sitting here, Kevin, and telling you that I'm the best wrestler on the Ring of Honor roster. That's stupid. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that. 
because there are things I need to address. I know what I need to do. I have the potential, but I know what I need to do to now take that next step to get closer to that. I will tell you though, I do believe I am the most charismatic. I will say that. Uh, there is work to be done to have the best physique and to have the best matches and all this, but I know, I know what needs to be done and I am going to do it. Okay. Wow. There was a lot to, uh, that's a lot to ingest there. Let me, let me address a couple of those things. So most charismatic, you won't get much of an argument from me on that. I think maybe your former tag partner, uh, Dalton Castle may rival you in the charisma department, but not too many other people, I think on your same level there. Dalton's Here's charisma, Dalton's charisma. He has a unique charisma. That's yeah. why that's when I realized that, that me and him were charismatic in different ways. That's when we started to gel together. That's when we started to build momentum. That's when we were about to face the Briscoes. But that's why you want to be in a unit with somebody like that. You want to have someone that challenges you, that people say, oh, is Dalton or Joe more charismatic? Now I have to go back to the drawing board and go, what do I need to do to be the best? How far do I have to push this? And there's a poem where it says, go all the way. If you're not willing to go all the way, don't even try. Go all the way. And that's what this is about. Go big or go home is, is what they say, right, Joe? Absolutely. Absolutely. But not even just go big, go all the way. Everything the way. that you have, you have to, you have to, I, I've sacrificed everything for this. Like I am married to this business and nothing else. I, I, th this is everything. This is it. Like this, I have to put everything on the line and, and do this. Well, as I'm hearing this, this is both exciting it's exciting for me as a wrestling fan, as a Ring of Honor fan. I am very excited to, uh, to see what uh, this new Joe Hendry can, can bring to the table. I would also think for any of the Ring of Honor uh, stars who are listening to this, potential opponents for you down the line, this has to be scary for them because Joe Hendry was pretty damn good before. So if this is a more motivated Joe Hendry – a Joe Hendry who believes he was operating not at full capacity before. Uh, this is, I would think, probably pretty scary for your future opponents in Ring of Honor. Is that, I mean, are you trying to send a message to them that this is not the same old Joe Hendry, who, I'm, I'm as I said, saying, was pretty good? I'm not sending a message to anyone on the Ring of Honor roster because I'm not competing with them. I'm competing with myself and I know what I'm truly capable of. Like Kevin, like I realized I can do things that other people cannot do. I've, I've realized that now. Like I started amateur wrestling at 27 years old. It was my part-time hobby because I watched the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony and I said, oh, I'd quite like to do that. And then I became a two-time British champion in both freestyle and Greco and then represented Scotland at the Commonwealth Games when it was my part-time hobby. That just does not happen. And I've started to understand that when I apply myself 100%, I can do things that should not be able to be done. Like I, I've, now here's the thing, right? I'm not going to go to too much detail on this, but I, I'm a natural athlete. I've never touched anything. Not for amateur, not for pro, nothing. And I can do a 500-pound squat, 500-pound deadlift. And I've had Dorian Yates tell me that my genetics for this are incredible. Like I know I have been given a gift just by being here, and I need to start using that gift to its full capacity. Yeah, because you would be actually, not only would you not be fulfilling your own potential, but you would be robbing all of us of... Uh, not get you know if we didn't see the full potential of Joe Hendry, 
because you do have this gift, it just wouldn't be fair to the rest of the world, I would think, to deny us of this. Well, Kevin, I, I like I like that there. I like that there's perhaps a bit of embellishment for uh, you know my, my ego, but I appreciate it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's literally this. Like, I'm not sitting here and saying, you know, oh, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. The days of me making wild claims are over. Like, they're they're just there's no point in saying. I'm going to be Ring of Honor champion. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. It's just boring after a while. I used to do that. And I used to say, oh, I'm going to do this by this date and this by this date. And it's like, no, when you start to realize that the race is with yourself, you have to take a step back and you go, all I can really promise myself is I'm going to give it 100%. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? You know, but when I look at the roster, you know, I'm thinking, what happens when I come back? Now, if you look at what I'm doing now, I would say that me and Dalton gel even better together you know, like with what I'm doing right now. Maybe we tag again. Maybe we go our separate ways. Who knows? You were talking about EC3 earlier. The guy's on fire. The guy's a star. But when I look at stars, I think to myself, I, I, I can compete. I want to get in there and I want to compete. Well, I tell you what, you look like a million bucks. There's no doubt about that. I saw recently that you, you listed your weight on Twitter, on your Twitter account, you are now up to 261 pounds. You mm-hmm. bulked up. You talked about it, working with Dorian Yates. You wanted to put on um, a, lot of, a lot of bulk. Uh, how much weight did you actually gain? Uh, you know, you're 261 now. How much did you weigh when you started this journey? So I think the max I probably got to, um, I, I, I mean, you're probably talking about, I probably got past 270 like legit at one point okay um didn't feel fantastic at that weight not gonna lie um and actually since i wrestled at wrestle carnival i have actually cut down slightly i'm i'm actually about 252 right now um and i think that i'm just testing the water i felt that at at the when i was 261 like i had the power i was still able to nip up i was still able to do those things but i just i felt like at just a little if i can just cut 10 pounds i think i'll still have the size but I, i'll i think i'll have that gas tank to really dig deep for those later stages in the match and kevin i'm quite happy to be open like that is something that that i know that i need to invest more in because i've always been a good capable worker a good hand but i think when people look at me they think where's that five star match from joe hendry where's that five-star match and i'm asking the same question and what i need to do is i need to build my body and my mind around achieving that because i don't think anyone is questioning my charisma or my strength or my frame or whatever but the but this is ring of honor this is this is a work great company so having all the charisma is great but i need to be able to if i want to be champion i need to be able to deliver on a consistent basis you know four and five-star matches and Rather than shy away from that, I'll say it on this podcast because I'm putting it out there now and I have to live up to it. I have no choice. Well, I would say, Joe, don't limit yourself even to five-star matches because from what I hear now, that, that scale has been broken and now you can have six, seven, eight stars on uh, you know, certain scales, certain wrestling journalists that uh, the five the five star thing is is kind of passe. So well, we we got to draw the line. We got to draw the line somewhere, don't we? We got to draw the line somewhere. I mean, if we were going to do that for everything, you know, you look at a wrestler, you you give him a rating out of ten for look, a rating out of ten for for you know um, their their work rate, and then you know you look at someone like me, and you know I'm probably a thirty seven out of ten, I would say for charisma. So yeah. you know you got to draw the line somewhere, you know, or it's just going to get silly. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, what are we going to have an 80 star match at some point? I mean, yeah. you know, let, let's stick to the let's stick to the scale, I would think. But so uh, how much did you actually weigh, though, when you started bulking up? Like what what were you going like the last time you were in Ring of Honor? What, what were you? La- <laughs> last time I was in Ring of Honor, um, I believe I was 229. Then the first phase of lockdown, um, I probably about 215, maybe a little closer to 210. It was quite lean. And then I decided, I was like, I just can't get motivated by doing the same thing because I've already seen myself in shape around 229. So I was like, let's see how heavy I can get, which, you know, um, is a, it, it was difficult. It was expensive and it probably yeah. wasn't the healthiest thing to do. But I think um, what I'm now looking at doing, I, I got to an upper limit where I was like, this is, this is too much now. I didn't feel good. I actually had some problems with injuries during lockdown um, with some of my training. I, I don't know if I tore something or whatever it was. I think it might be micro tears, but it was to the point where about three quarters of the way through, I was so weak that I couldn't hold like a, a bag in front of me out of, like, I couldn't take my shopping bag like and hold it in front of me. It was like too heavy. And then I think that was my body telling me something that my muscles were starting to, like, I think what I'd done is I'd basically repped a bicep curl with like a stupidly heavy weight mm. and then potentially towards something. But I went to physio and all that got fixed up and I was like, right, okay. And I don't think I need to be 275 here. I think, you know, if I can come back at like 260 and then cut down to like 250 that's still going to make me one of the bigger guys on the roster for sure well i can only imagine i mean the only way you're going to get bigger too and here's something i learned this a little bit just in working out um years ago when i wanted like i had never been i'd always been pretty skinny when i was younger then as you know you get a little bit older you start to get a little extra weight on you and originally i started working out just to lose the weight then I discovered a power lifter at the gym who I started working with and yeah. he, he told me how to bulk up. And I was like, I don't know that I can actually, like if my body's built that way or can do that. And he goes, Oh yeah, you could do it. And he told me the most important thing, eat. He's like, yeah. you have calories to in. Eat. Yeah. It's calorie. You have to eat a lot if you want to bulk up and not, we're not talking about getting fat here. We're talking about putting muscle on, but still you must eat. So my question to you is, how much did you have to change your diet? Uh, how much were you eating a day? And, and what kinds of things were you eating to put well, on this muscle? The difficulty is, Kevin, when you're doing, when, when you're doing something like that and you're a natural athlete, it's, it's a very difficult, laborious process. And basically, you're talking about probably 6,500 calories for me. And you're saying, you know, you don't want to get fat, but I did get fat. I almost, like, when I bulk up, I have to get fat. Um, it's just the way it goes. You know, you put on, I put on, it's almost equal parts fat, equal parts muscle. That's just how it goes. So I, I was, I was what you would call fat, you know, but at the end of the day, like the reason I did it is because I knew I wasn't going to be on TV for a long time. So I thought, well, you know, if I'm ever going to do this now would be the time. Hmm. Um, so yeah, you're talking about six and a half thousand calories a day, um, making sure that I was getting in in excess of 230 grams of protein a day. Um, that was kind of the loose guide. Like, I mean, now I'm much more on top of my macros and what they are, but really you're just, if you're bulking up, you're just trying to get, you know, whatever you can get your hands on food wise, really. But now it's, I'm, I'm having to get more to a science now because when I debuted at Wrestle Carnival, I was happy 
overall with I thought the you know I was happy overall with the performance I debuted a lot of new power moves I've got like a, a catch across body throw my opponent up, up on my shoulders and then immediately press them into a gorilla press and release um, I was very happy with how that went um, I've started using a a pop-up jumping and kneeling power bomb is my finish i needed uh, a stronger finish that people would would get behind and i think I, i've achieved that with that um i've started using more impactful strikes as well um, which you will have seen in the match um, and i've started using uh basically a sort of almost a showstopper style choke slam as well which i had at the start of the match so i basically completely reinvented myself and i'm, I'm just going to throw it out there it's in the style of um an all japan an old old all japan pro wrestling heavyweight so that is the style that i've been doing uh, i still managed the nip up at that weight but i've now decided that actually and um, if i lose 10 pounds and just cut that maybe even 15 pounds like who cares if i end up being 240 245 i've still got a big frame um but i just i i want that main event level physique now i've always had i've had a good physique when i was in ring of honor but i want one that people just go wow that is how an athlete should look so it's it's balance, I think. Being big enough to use those moves and do them well and efficiently, having that gas tank to have those higher caliber matches um, and also balancing it with having the, the aesthetics that you want as well. And that's why professional wrestling is such a difficult game because if you're doing you know, bodybuilding or something like that, you're focused only on the aesthetics. If you're doing, you know, like when I was doing the Commonwealth Games, it doesn't matter what you look like. You're looking for performance only. Whereas with professional wrestling, you need to be, you need to be thinking about all these things. The aesthetics are important. The, you need explosive power. You need to, you need the recovery for your muscles. You need, you need enough energy to be able to, you know, do your promos and have a gas tank. And it's really what people don't understand is to do this at the highest level. It's, it's one of the most difficult things that you can do because all these goals are counterintuitive by if my abs are showing, then that's likely going to be, there's going to be some stuff going on there. Like for example, if, if, uh, if, if abs are coming through, then you're limiting your water intake or something like that. So what that means is like, you might not have enough hydration to really push it in that, in those last sections of the matchup. If you have, um, let's say, you know, again, if you're trying to do like loads of power moves and stuff like that, you need some bulk to you, but then, you know, you're not going to get those abs coming through. And it's like, there's so many things. It's like, it's, it's all a balance. And if you just change one little thing over here, it affects everything else. So that's why when you get a professional wrestler who looks the part, who sounds the part, who goes out there and has quality matches, I don't know if people realize how much perfection and craft goes into making that happen. There's no question about it. To be the complete package, the total package, not to be confused with the total package, Lex Luger, but uh, to be that complete package, do all those things, do all those things well, uh, all the uh, things that you mentioned about, you know, recovery and, and, and there's just so much that goes into it. As you said, you were right. Uh, I don't think people maybe really do completely understand or appreciate what uh, all of the, uh, well, everyone in professional wrestling, all of the talent, uh, goes through. But I will say is for you specifically, it certainly was a uh, striking transformation. I watched the match that you had at Wrestle Carnival, uh, aka Carnival of Honor. It was a few weeks ago in Nottingham, England, and we should tell people that they can watch this. It was part of ROH week by week on YouTube. You can still go back and watch that match. You took on a guy named uh, 
Leighton Buzzard. Now that was a, not a guy yeah. I was very familiar with, but he's I very believe good. he's very he's good. Very good. And from what I heard on the commentary, you guys had a, a bit of a past together, right? Did you help train him or? Yeah. So basically him and I had a two year program in ICW and when he started, he was, you know, a trainee through the door, but he had, um, he's actually got a lot of acting experience. Um, he was, um, a lead character in, I believe, a Star Wars game. Um, he's done, uh, you know, he's, he's got other big credits to his name. So he had this insane charisma. And when I started working with him, he was, again, it was just a sort of trainee. So I didn't train him in terms of what he was doing in the ring. But I really, I would like to think that I played quite a big part in helping him navigate his way in the professional wrestling business and also kind of learning the behind the scenes stuff and, you know, how to get an angle over and how to, you know, cut, cut a promo and how to, you know, basically how to make segments work and, and matches work, you know? So I feel, um, and then eventually we went our separate ways and we had a, a great match, you know, it was, uh, it was busy that night. There was a couple of thousand people there and that was like my sort of loser leaves town match for ICW. That was, um, you know, I had a variety of options of things I could have done to go out and that's how I chose to do that. And actually that's something I want to say about ring of honor as well. Uh, ring of honor. I've been super uh, like just, it, they're so open to doing what doing what they need to do to help the talent and listening to our ideas. So, for example, when I signed with Ring of Honor, I think I signed, uh, you know, first started talking. It was this summer of 2019. And, you know, we'd done the deal, but I still had a date to fulfill for ICW. And, and Ring of Honor would have been perfectly within their rights to prevent me from doing that but they didn't they were like if you think if you think it's right go do it you know so i just i think um you know ring of honor deserve a lot of credit for um allowing wrestlers to fulfill their obligations when they join so that was the last thing i did before joining um ring of honor and it's been cool to see how he's grown as a performer as well well how did it feel to you um i guess physically and mentally be, to be back in the ring for the first time, if my research is correctly, since February of 2020, this was your first actual wrestling match. Uh, how, how did it feel to, I guess, not only get in there from the physical aspect, but to be in a, in a wrestling ring again in a match in front of people? I have to be honest, Kevin, I was quite emotional, actually, um, because this is who I am. This is what I do. And throughout lockdown, I forgot that. You know what I mean? I forgot who I was and what I did. And I look at all the challenges that I've had in my life, all the changes, all the, all the things that happened in that 18 months. It's just what is without doubt the most difficult period that I've ever had to face of my adult life. You know, there were, you know, there were deaths in the family, like, you know, um, there were massive changes going on at home there. You know, it's just, it's, you know, I'm not going to go into detail, but my, my life has basically been turned upside down in those 18 months. And I just thought, you know, it's one of these things people talk about it that like, you know, we miss birthdays and Christmases and funerals and things like that. Being a professional wrestler and, you know, in your personal life, you will, if you choose to do this, you will pay a price for doing this you will pay a heavy price. And it, I, when I showed up at Wrestle Carnival, I was like, I, I kind of had this emotion about me because I was like, you know, this is the choice I've made. You know, I'm kind of, I'm here now. And it's like, you know, you just have this mixture of emotions with everything that's kind of gone on in life for the, the previous 18 months. 
and you have all these worries and stresses and you know the moment i just heard that crowd and saw the lights and all that it just it was like it was just inner peace you know and i worked really hard on this walking dead entrance i did a you know i, I walked out as uh, negan from the walking dead but with inverted colors because i never really like just copying something if i take inspiration from something i want to do something a little different so we did a metal cover of the walking dead theme um, and I came out dressed as Negan, but again, instead of black hair, I had blonde hair. Um, instead of the black jacket, I had a white jacket, you know, that sort of thing. So I wanted to do something that was inspired, but not copying. I remember I just walked through the curtain and I was like, yeah, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'll just, you know, there was one part in the match where Leighton, it was very near the start, I hit Leighton with a choke slam, and then he counters the power bomb. And I'm on the outside and he's, he's diving towards me. And I've just noticed how there's no barrier. And I was like, how close the fans are going to be when Leighton comes towards me through the air. And it was like, if he misses me for example and goes into someone in the crowd this could you know this could be a bad situation and it was like yeah without going into too many details and breaking the fourth wall it was in that moment while he was flying through the air that i was like no this is this is what i do this is who i am and this is the choice i've made and this is this is this is why i'm here and it was just a very sort of affirming moment that was like i have made a choice to be in this business and and i accept all the sacrifices that come with it but with that being the case i have to now go all the way i have to get to the top so that was a it was a you know apologies for the long answer kevin but it was it, i needed that day and it was just it was everything to me and no apologies necessary joe this is this is you're joe the answer so when i ask a question you give a you, you can give an answer as long as you like you are well, this is true. This is true. People are tuning in to hear you, not to hear me. I'm just here to prompt you with, with some questions. One of the things I noticed when you made your entrance at Wrestle Carnival, in addition to the things that you mentioned, was it looked like a gold baseball bat wrapped in, in barbed wire. Yeah. What's the significance of that? So basically, if you, you can watch the entrance that I did, it's on my Twitter and Instagram, but it's also on my YouTube. If you just type in Joe the Answer, Negan, Walking Dead, it'll come up. But basically, what we did is the, the, the night before I got, my, I got my hair bleached, we went out to the woods and we filmed me as Negan with Lucille, which is his baseball bat in the woods. And in the entrance, there's a moment where I'm dressed as Negan with the exact colors. And hey, if I do say so myself, I looked pretty like uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which is, uh, you know, you know, no complaints from um, the, or the, the female audience there, I'm hoping, you know, because uh, <laughs> people, people seem to go nuts for this guy. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Probably not the worst thing in the world to walk out as him at the next show. <laughs> but um, so um, we're in the woods and I'm dressed up as him. And the moment the bat hits the, the, the screen, if you will, or the viewer, that's when I walked out and the colors all inverted. So what I did is I got an, an exact replica of Lucille, which is the bat with barbed wire, and we filmed it with its standard colors in the woods. Did a whole kind of pre-section with a Negan's saviors, which are his sort of cronies, if you will. And then we inverted that. So I just literally went to the what you would call the hardware store, got a gold spray paint and just sprayed the back gold. And then I decided that's, that's what I would do because that's, that's, I'm still using gold heat in there. I'm not going to ditch those colors. So that just seemed like the thing to do. That's what Joe, the answer would do. He'd bring out a gold version of Lucille. Okay. Well, I appreciate you explaining that for my benefit. I'm probably the only person 
in the world who has never watched a single episode of The Walking Dead. So that's why I did not uh, necessarily get the bat reference. But everyone out there listening probably does watch The, the Walking Dead and probably already got it. But uh, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I got to ask you one more question about your, your new look. And that is, sure. that is the blonde hair. Uh, yeah. ha- have you ever been blonde before? Or is this something completely new for you? Well, I was blonde until the age of about four or five, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but other than that, no. Um, I was having a problem where I was looking. Th- this is the reason that I became Joe the Answer. When I was on Twitter, Instagram, social media, I didn't even know myself anymore who was tweeting. Is it, is it, is it Joe Hendry or is it Joe Hendry the person? There was no distinction between, between the two. It was like they'd become one. And I just thought, you know, I, with that, and I looked at myself and I'm trying to imagine myself as an action figure in Toys R Us and Kevin, I couldn't see it. I could not see it. And I thought, this is wrong. I need to look like a main eventer right now. And again, you know, personally, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'll just stick with my brown hair. I don't really want to have blonde hair. It's like, no, go all the way. Just bleach your goddamn hair and make it platinum blonde because that's what an action figure would have. So that was the reason behind it. That it was also when I have the blonde hair, it just, it's almost like when I see that, because my self-image of me as an individual is weird. I still see myself with brown hair, even though I have blonde hair. It's just how I kind of see myself. But whenever I look in a mirror and I'm getting ready to do a match or a podcast or whatever, I become the answer because I see that and I'm like, it's not Joe Hendry, the person. That's not who I'm going to be anymore. I'm talking to you in a very candid fashion because this is the first time that I've spoken to anybody about this. But this is probably the, you know, you're getting 60% the answer, 40% Joe Hendry. And this is the most Joe Hendry that you're ever going to hear from in the next couple of years, for sure. Oh, well, that's outstanding. So this is a bit of a coup. For the, uh, for the ROH Strong podcast. Well, this is the thing, right? You've got to tailor what you're doing for the audience that are listening to it. The people who listen to this are not casual fans. They are dedicated, they're hardcore, and it's the ROH audience. And they deserve to be let in to an extent on what I'm doing. But I'm just giving you forewarning, this will probably be the last time you'll get to speak to any percentage of Joe Hendry. I'm going to be a nutcase after this. <laughs> Okay. Well, I might miss the, the old Joe Hendry a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay because I'm very excited about the new Joe Hendry. So, and I can't wait uh, till we can see that live and in person. But this is a perfect time to take our first break. We're just getting started here. Plenty more to talk about with Joe the Answer. And we'll be back right after this. It's been fun playing wrestling with y'all. But we got something even better. Honor Nation, it's the ROH Wrestling Honor Pals, the body-slamming, drop-kicking way to keep the fun going. We need some tougher competition. El Puro Paco! Jay Trevor! She's the new Honor Pals champion, ROH Wrestling Honor Pals. Bring home your favorite star at shophonor.com. We are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. We are talking with Joe Hendry, now known as Joe The Answer. Joe, here's something exciting. Here's some exciting news. Uh, it came out recently that travelers from the UK will be able to travel to the United States in November. That's the plan. So do you think we will see the answer back in Ring of Honor soon? Will that, will that happen before the end of 2022? I'm sorry, 2021. I'm jumping the gun. But what happened before the end of this year, do you think? Kevin, 
I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to literally go to the airport right now. But that is not, that is totally out with my control. I, of course, I want to be back at Ring of Honor as quickly as possible. But, you know, Ring of Honor have got company standards and procedures that are important for safety. There's commissions that we need to abide by and make sure they're satisfied with what's going on. So that's something that's out with my control. But I am, I, you know, it's 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 not my decision, but I absolutely hope I can get back as quickly as possible. Kevin, like, I, I can't tell you how much I loved being on the road with Ring of Honor. It was... Honestly, like, I remember when lockdown hit, we didn't know what was going to happen. Wrestling might have been over for good, you know? We just didn't know how bad this pandemic was going to be. And I remember saying to friends and family, I was like, I was on the road for six months. I was only on shows for six months. And if that's it, it was still worth it. It was still worth all the sacrifice. It was worth everything because that was my dream. There was nothing, you know, in the first weekend that I came out, we're in center stage at Atlanta. Next day, we're at the Nashville Fairgrounds. And I'm like, God, I've been here two days. And this is already a, a journey through wrestling history. Very shortly after, I'm at the ECW Arena. And it's like, you know, you go on and on and on. You're going to these iconic venues with this talented crew. And you're just, you, you, you just feel like you can take over the world. And, you know, it got snatched away when me and Dalton, you know, it took us a while to click. But we started to click. And I'll never forget it. We were at the, you know, the, 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 the event center in Baltimore. And me and Dalton, we had this sequence at the end of the match, and he, he's Dalton's doing all this awesome stuff, and then I tag in, I'm hitting the double follow and the crowd just went wild. And Carrie Silken came up to me, and he was like, that was one hell of a pop. He was like, you guys are, it's clicking, you guys are, you guys are, are, are going somewhere. And then I'll never forget that, and then we started to pick up steam, and then we were about to face the Briscoes, and it got taken away in Vegas, right? I get it. These things happen. But I was living my dream. I was living my dream, and I, I want to get back to it. Yeah, well, like I said, I think speaking for everyone in Ring of Honor, speaking for Ring of Honor fans, we can't wait to see not only you, but all of our international talent. You know, uh, Mark Haskins and, and Session Moth Martina, uh, Kellyanne, and all of our Australian talent. Like, to see all of you back um, you know, I, I feel bad for, you know, you did get your six month run. There's Kellyanne never got to debut. I mean, she's yeah. still, she's still in Australia. Um, you know, I only imagine, you know, what it's like for her. She got all excited. She got a ring of honor contract. She was going to be in the first women's tournament. This, this is the thing. My heart, my heart absolutely goes out to her. My heart goes out to her because what people don't understand is that if you are a pro wrestler in America, you have a ridiculous, ridiculous advantage over all of us because you can travel to the uk you just got to pay for a visa no problem there you go whatever it is fifty dollars yeah no problem come and do any shows you want you can go and do shows in australia you use americans can do any show that you want anywhere in the world it's no problem but people don't know how difficult it is for us to do shows in america and it's a huge disadvantage we have to be so good that we have to convince a company that instead of hiring you know, someone in America to do it, we're actually going to hire someone from across the globe, even though we're going to have to get them a visa, we're going to have to get lawyers involved, we're going to have to do fly them out, all these extra steps. You have to get so good to attract a major prestigious company like Ring of Honor to pick you up and then to not get to debut. My heart absolutely goes out to her, but I have no doubt she's going to be a massive star in the company. Well, you're 100% right about that, how difficult it is for an international star 
as you said, to, to get to a company like Ring of Honor, certainly not easy. And it, it is a testament to your talent and all the international talents that Ring of Honor has signed. But I want to talk a little bit more about what you were doing during that nearly 18-month layoff. Obviously, we know you were bulking up and, and you were uh, trying to find yourself, so to speak, and who you wanted to be. Uh, you mentioned there were some personal things going on. Uh, but what else were you, I mean, you had a lot of time to kill, Joe. Let's be honest, we all did, right, during, during these, these quarantine months. I know you were doing some things for Ring of Honor, uh, different YouTube type uh, shows. Joe Versus was one that I was a big fan of, uh, where you would take on Ring of Honor stars in various challenges, such as a beer drinking contest with the bouncers. I don't think that one turned out too well for you. Um, uh, Session Moth Martina, you did a general knowledge test with her, which I thought was very entertaining. And I might have a little spin on that for you later, uh, later in the show. Also, you've been doing Technique Tuesdays, which is really breaking down sort of the nuts and bolts of some of the holds and maneuvers in Ring of Honor. Besides those things, which I'm sure kept you busy, uh, did you create any new music uh, during that time? Did you binge watch any TV shows? Did you take up any new hobbies? Anything else that you can let us in on? So um, I just want to mention quickly about Technique Tuesdays. My viewpoint was that, well, Ring of Honor, again, should be applauded for their stance on, you know, paying talent throughout uh, lockdown. You know, they have paid me as normal through the entirety of this situation, which is far above and beyond what anyone would have expected. So I will always, Kevin, always in my career and in my life have a gratitude towards Ring of Honor for making that decision. And Joe Henry, I, doesn't, Joe Henry doesn't come cheap, let's be honest. That's true. And I, I mean, I'm sitting, I've, I'm sitting in my house. You know, I have a house because of Ring of Honor. And that's like, I, you know, this is, the, this is the house that Honor built, you know, and I never, ever will take that for granted. That's, uh, you know, and that's that, they, they've earned my loyalty, you know. So I, that can never be overstated how grateful I am to you know to greg and joe Koff and all the all the the management and you know and, and ian and accounting and i'm gonna miss people out but like there's just i i i have a great a great deal of gratitude to the office for looking after the talent the way they have and they should the fans need to know that fans need to know that it's very important but my thinking was i don't like not earning my money i hate that i like to earn my money so i was like well i'm not on the show so what can I do? So I started like kind of when we were talking about, you know, the what format like TV was going to take and we had these kind of meetings. I put forward some suggestions. I was just had some ideas about that and, you know, and, and the YouTube and formats and stuff. And I started submitting ideas and I was like, you know, well, actually, um, I could probably help out, you know, if I can help to get the talent over in some way, what I'll do is I'll start breaking down and what the talents are doing on the show in a scientific way, just to give a sort of different approach to what we're doing and really feed into that sort of, you know, realism and sports presentation that we were putting out throughout lockdown. I thought it'd be a good compliment. And, um, you know, it was nice to be able to do that. And I felt, I felt that I was good at it. You know, I felt that I was, I was good at, at doing that and that was fun. And it's just got to the point now though, that I'm like, okay, I've, I've done that for the other talent and now it's time to put, me over you know so that's why i've started doing like these videos and stuff like that but i was it was i was glad that i was able to contribute in that way and um, i also co-founded two companies 
um, which, you know, because I had all this time, I co-founded two companies that are on their own steam. We have employees and they're doing well. And so again, having the, the freedom to do that, like in, in Ring of Honor supporting me, it gave me the time and the cash flow to, to reinvest everything that I was making into my future. And, it, you know, I just, yeah, it's, it's been a very, very difficult 18 months, but I've come out of it um, as a very sort of, I feel well-rounded, in a well-rounded place, you know. Well, you made a great point, too, about Technique Tuesdays. You were, I have to say, I agree with you that you were very good at it. It makes me wonder, somewhere down the line, obviously, you're, you're still a young man, you're in your prime, maybe just reaching your prime. You have a long career in the ring ahead of you. Have you given any thought to maybe one day uh, being a color analyst in pro wrestling? Because you really did break things down and explain things to the viewers in a way that was easy to digest and make sense. And as we've mentioned on here many times, uh, you have a lot of charisma, you're well-spoken, you're articulate. Have you ever given any thought to maybe one day a, being a color analyst, that that could be something that you would do? I actually have had um, people in the back um, who kind of work on the production side of things reach out to me and say that they think that's something that I could do long-term. Um, but actually, I think now I need to just, this is the thing I, before, you know, I was a pro wrestler. I was an amateur wrestler. I was a musician. I was this, I was that. I was all these different things. And like, actually I had um, myself, I don't know if you know who, do you follow MMA at all? A little bit, not, not so, uh, religiously, but a little bit. So there's a UFC fighter in the top 15 of the light heavyweight division uh, called Paul Craig. And um, me and him, we've got a lot of kind of, even though we're doing different things, there's a lot of parallels in our career and ups and downs and things like that. And we were actually, uh, Ring of Honor was kind enough to let me do the UFC 266 uh, watch along for an MMA channel called um, MMA on Point that actually had some um, dealings with and kind of, um, you know, in the early stages of getting that off the ground. So we were doing the UFC watch along and we went for breakfast the next day and we were just talking about, he'd gone through the exact same thing in your late twenties. It's you, you're in your twenties. You're trying all these different things. You're going, Oh, I could turn my hand to this and I could do that. And I could do this. And that's really what your twenties are for. Just exploring every opportunity that you want to. But when you get to this point, I think he's 32, I'm 33. You get to this point in your early thirties where you go doing all these different things. Does that come at a cost? What is that cost? And then you realize that actually, the problem is Paul's so good at MMA and I'm good enough at wrestling that we can do this whilst doing all these other things. But we're saying you take a step back and you go, well, actually, how far could I take this if I really just focused on this and cut all these other things? So I quit amateur wrestling. I quit so many of my hobbies that, you know, I was relatively successful in because I thought I, it's it's a if if you can't do that it's, it's a fear of failure by keeping all these little things on the side all these little side hustles if you will and there's nothing wrong with that but i'm just saying if you go all in on something that's a huge risk you're saying to yourself i'm putting all my eggs in this basket and i'm betting that i can be world class at this and we were just basically going through the exact same thing and to actually verbalize it with someone who understands as well it really solidified what i need to do and I'm a professional wrestler. Yes, I will, I will maybe think about doing that stuff later, but it's not even in my consideration set at the moment. I'm just all in on this. I just, I'm so 
grateful to have the opportunities that I've got, be with this company. And I know that I have a platform that they, they want the best for me. They want me to come out here and smash it. They want me to be a guy that moves the needle. And that is what I'm, I'm going to put everything into doing. I am a hundred percent committed to this. I know that I can compete with anyone in this business. Anyone. All right. I've told you the things that I, th- I think, you know, the, the areas that I think I can grow. But I'll tell you what, CM Punk opened his mouth about Ring of Honor the other week on television, right? Yes. If we want to drag him back to Ring of Honor for one night only, I can tell you someone that can go on that mic with him word for word, and that's me. I can compete with anyone in this business. I don't doubt you. I I 100% agree with you, Joe. And, uh, you know, I'm not just saying that to blow smoke or because you're on the show. Uh, If I didn't believe, as I've said in the past to people, if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't say anything. My, and my silence would probably... Do you, do, you know what, do you know what the thing is though, Kevin, right? Exactly. Do you know what it is? It's everyone sees the potential. Yeah. That's what it is, but it's potential. It's not realized yet. And you have to just, you know, I was going to swear there. Let's just say you have, it, there comes a point where you have to wake the hell up and go, if I am just potential, then I'm doing myself a complete disservice. I is on me, on no one else. All, all these people bitching about booking and this, that, and not getting these opportunities. Nonsense. It is on you to wake up and actualize that potential. And that is what I am going to do. You will not hear a peep out of me about, oh, booking this or, oh, this, that, and, and oh, this couldn't happen because that couldn't happen. No. I'm in control of my destiny. And if I deliver on a consistent basis, night after night, show after show, and I get myself over like Rover, I will not be denied. And guess what? That's not Ring of Honor's problem. That's not the fans' problem. That's not your problem. That is one person's problem, and that's Joe the answer. Joe, you are at, you're inspiring me. You're making me take, take stock of my life right now. What the hell am I doing? I probably should follow, <laughs> follow some of what you're doing. And, and because I probably, you know, we, we all, I guess, get to a certain point where you can get complacent. Or were you, I mean, you said it perfectly where you can be like, okay, I'm good enough, but that's not enough. So no. you, you're inspiring me, Joe. I, I feel like as soon as we're done this podcast, I'm going to, I don't know, I might go to the gym after this. I, I'm going to do, do it. Go do it. Yeah. I think I'm going to do something positive. Rather yeah, than, lift some uh, heavy things, put them back down and repeat. Yeah. Because, you know, I was thinking about taking a nap, you know, like after this, I'll, I'll take a little uh, it, here in America, when we're uh, recording this, for me, it was, it's a little bit after lunchtime. And I was thinking, yeah, maybe, it, maybe a nap. You know, well, we can- actually, Kevin, it's interesting you say that because do not diss the nap. And I'll tell you why, right? <laughs> this is why. This is something else I've learned. If you are going to chase something that is huge, it seems insurmountable. This goal, like Kevin, I can see it in my eyes. I'm standing on the turnbuckle and I'm holding the title above my head. I can see it as if it were real. If you are going to do something like that, look at the standard of professional wrestling nowadays. Look at the requirements it takes to get to that level nowadays. The standard that you have to be to get to the top, it feels insurmountable. But if you are going to do something like that, you have to do it with an absolute ruthless intensity a ruthless intensity however we talked about recovery we invest all this time in our physical well-being whereas kevin i feel it's fair to say for most people we don't put that same investment into our mental well-being when you are on you must be on and you must be the keyword is present in that moment 
But when you're off, it's family time. It's Kevin time. It's friends time. It's what? It's relaxation time. You need that yin and that yang. The mistake I've made in my life is I've always been on. You've ever seen Fight Club where they say you're never really asleep, you're never really awake? That's what I was doing. I'll sit at my desk. Like I say, I'm you know, running companies now, right? I'll sit at my desk and I'm, I'm going 12 hours when in truth, a focused two hours could have done that. I focused two hours and I would have had 10 hours that I could have spent with my friends or my family or reading or betting myself or something like that. So do what you do with a ruthless intensity, but you get in, you execute, you get the hell out and then you recover physically and mentally and you come back at it refreshed. I've learned that the hard way, but if you're listening to this, it's got to be, you've got to have that balance. If you're going to achieve massive things you need to have an incredible intensity and that must be balanced with thoughtful recovery okay so what i'm here what i took away from all that is the nap is okay so i can have the nap kevin you can have the nap thank you all right yes the gym will i'll how how to how to belittle such an impassioned speech like that you know it's (laughs) like you go on youtube and you see all these speeches about you know go all the way and do this and achieve your goals and then kevin finishes it with so i can have my nap then yes kevin you can have your nap (laughs) well when you get to my age joe the the nap is very is very important i mean you'll find out about that in in you'll find out um can I ask you, 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 mentioned th- you mentioned this a couple times now about uh, running your own companies. Can, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about that? Mm, I don't know how much detail I want to go into about that because what I've done is basically um, I have invested in some companies in their very, very early stages um, and I'm involved um, in the the running of them it's not a, it's not it's a very part-time thing it's not a full-time thing and that was by design I had some um, uh, you know I had some friends and colleagues who had some amazing ideas um, I was able to make some connections put people in touch with other people and things have got off the ground and you know whilst there's been a lot of you know difficulties in my life those are you know those two endeavors have been um, very successful. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can, I, I suppose I could say it on here. And um, one of them is uh, Inside the Ropes magazine. It's now in, um, it's in shops all across the UK and the world, actually. We're in Barnes and Nobles now as well. And I'm also involved in uh, itrwrestling.com. So there you go. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. That's, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. But the, here's the thing. It's set up in such a way that I can provide value, but it's, it's, it is not detracting from from what i'm doing it's uh it's uh an investment i'm very proud of but this is i I am a professional wrestler and that's 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 who i am i want to circle back here real quick to dalton to dalton castle did you guys i'm trying to you know again when you get to my age sometimes memories are a little fuzzy but when when we went into kind of the lockdown and the pandemic and we went on our hiatus i seem to remember some videos of I guess Dalton trying to get in touch with you and you not answering the phone. Did you guys basically split up and go your separate ways or am I not remembering that correctly? Look, a lot of things have happened. Um, and Dalton genuinely as a human being is one of the nicest guys in wrestling. He's also one of the most charismatic guys in wrestling and he has a very unique talent and charisma. So it would not be fair for Dalton to be, you know, as much as he did, uh, he he was putting me over all the time 
And actually, it just gets to a point where it's like, Dalton, I'm not going to be there for 18 months. You, Dalton needs, needs to focus on Dalton, you know? But I feel with what I'm doing with the answer right now, I think me and Dalton fit together even better than before. Because if you look at the clothes I'm wearing, the way I'm presenting myself, me and Dalton can coordinate with these ridiculous flamboyant entrance entrances and ring gear and all this. There's even more possibilities for myself and Dalton now. So, I mean, I, I personally, I don't think we've seen the end of that. Well, that's exciting because I do think you guys had great chemistry together. And obviously you both are very charismatic in different ways, but I've got a little bit of heat with Dalton. I got to admit, okay. uh, he was on this podcast not too long ago, and um, he, it was the shortest podcast we've ever done. This is episode 77. Every episode has gone, at, you know, if not an hour, pretty damn close to it. Some have gone an hour and a half, two hours plus. Dalton ended our conversation after like 30 minutes because he said he was busy. And, and, I was just and, going to say, I guess, I guess that's what it would be. Yeah, yeah he said he was busy, busy. And, and then he hung up, and I was like, oh, this is a rib. And I was like, Dalton, are you, are you still there? And uh, he wasn't. I was like, okay, well, this is, this is a rib. This is a joke. So I tried to get in contact with him. Um, and he said, uh, no, I'm not. I said, you, you're coming back on, right? He said, no, I'm busy. I'm really busy. And that's it. And he didn't come back. And it was like a 30-minute episode. So, but you're talking about it now. So I'm obviously it worked. Yeah, I guess, I guess it did work. But yeah. Well, what do you think of his – because he's reinvented himself. He now has – uh, as we talk about a new entrance, um, which I love because it's sort of a knockoff of Radio Gaga, which is a very mm -hmm. underrated Queen song. Uh, indeed. Indeed. But he's got, have you seen these like baby chickens that he has? I have. I mean, I have. Well, well, this seems very odd. I mean, even for Dalton. Uh, I mean, these guys literally, I saw them like, there was a match with Dan Housen. You know, he brings the teeth in the ring, and the teeth went flying, and the baby chickens actually got in the ring and started, like, pecking and, and picking up the, uh, the teeth. I mean, this is very bizarre, even for Dalton Castle. Would, would you not agree? Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what analysis are you looking for on that, Kevin? I, I, I guess none. I, you have nothing to add? Okay, maybe you wouldn't be a great <laughs> color analyst since you have nothing to add to that. Oh, oh, I mean, what, wow. What, what Kevin, getting bold. It sounds like someone does need the nap. Getting a little grouchy here. <laughs> I would only get bold when we're, you know, uh, there's an ocean separating us. I would certainly yeah, never get yeah. bold to, to your face. Uh, no, that's, uh, no, that's the reason they call you badass Kevin Eck, you know? Yeah, that's what they call me. Yeah. Yep. B-K-E. <laughs> All right, one more Dalton Castle question. Okay. We, won't, we won't go into the baby chickens. I guess the baby chickens just kind of, you know, speak for themselves. Yeah, uh, I, think, I, think a lot, I think a lot of that stuff does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it looks like Dalton may have a new tag team partner in Dak Draper. And In okay. fact, coming up, this, here's, here's a plug. Look at this segue. This is why they pay me the, well, they don't pay me the big bucks, but they pay me something, uh, which I'm grateful for. Uh, coming I love up, how you have to add that at the end, which I'm yeah, grateful for. Which I'm grateful for, yeah. just in case Joe and, and Greg are listening to this, which they probably aren't. But anyway, uh, coming up this weekend on Ring of Honor Television, SOS from Shane Taylor Promotions take on Dalton Castle and Dak Draper. Now that is that is definitely an interesting matchup there. Mm -hmm. But I have to ask you, as as Dalton's, I guess we say former uh, tag team partner, 
What do you think about him teaming up with Dak Draper? Are there any feelings of jealousy on your part that, that Dalton may have moved on and found himself a new partner? Absolutely not. You have to know your worth in this world. It's as simple as that. Like, you don't chase other people. They Look, you have to do what you have to do. You have to create your own frame in your life. You have, you have to create your own world. And other people will come into that world and they'll leave that world. But at the end of the day, Joe, the answer is on a particular journey. I have no doubt that when Dalton sees what the answer is up to, he'll be intrigued. I would say even intrigued enough to reach out and talk about getting the band back together. Now, listen, if, uh, if Dak Draper wants to hang back and play bass, that's fine. That's fine. No problem with that whatsoever. But let's not get crazy and start throwing out claims of jealousy here. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that analogy, though, of, of Dak staying back and, and playing bass. I, I don't think Dak is necessarily the kind of personality uh, who would want to stay in the background. I think, you know, like, much like you and Dalton, I think he likes the, the spotlight on himself. Uh, but you know, that, that'll play out. We'll, we'll see, we'll see what goes on. Uh, you know, if, and when there may be a situation where there's Dalton and Dak and you kind of all in the same space, uh, you know, what just came to mind, you know, what would, I'm going to, I'm going to move Dak aside for a second. You know, what would be a great six man team to go after the six man titles in ring of honor? It would be you and Dalton and David Arquette. This has to believe happen. it or not, believe it or not, I pitched that. Did you? I pitched. I did. I pitched that. I pitched that um, in lockdown. <laughs> I I want that. I want that. Well, you pitched it. Did anybody say maybe, or did you just say no? That's a ridiculous idea. Well, or- I think with the whole me being across an ocean, probably put a pin in that. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I think that would be phenomenal. I think that'd be phenomenal. And I would insist that David Arquette comes to the ring with a replica WCW title. Oh, well, that goes without saying. That yeah, happens. if you're not doing that, you're just throwing away an opportunity for a reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, you're leaving money on the table. Unless you, unless Absolutely. You're, okay. All right, well, man, I, I, man, you got me excited now because I, I, once the travel restrictions are up and you can travel, like I, that better happen. Because now we've, we've told people that it's at least been talked about. So I really want that to happen. I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to see, see what if, you can do, Kevin. See, see what, what you can, can do. It makes sense. You know, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I, I, you know, I don't know what I can do because actually I have zero stroke in ring of honor, but you never know. I mean, I guess it couldn't hurt, right? Couldn't hurt. Yeah. Throw in a word. Well, I'll throw in a word. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break here and we've got more with Joe, the answer right after this. Want to hear post-match interviews from tonight's competitors? Want to see exclusive brand new matches? Want to learn about breaking news before anyone else? Week by Week is the perfect companion to everything that happens on ROH TV. It premieres every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the official ROH YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash ring of honor. Stay informed on the best wrestling on the planet. I'll see you there. All right, we're back on the ROH Strong Podcast with Joe Hendry, Joe the Answer. Joe, let's talk a little bit about uh, the current scene in Ring of Honor. Let's talk about some things that have been going on in your absence. We saw the rise of the pure division. That was one of the, when, when we started doing fresh shows again, we brought back the pure title. Uh, the pure title tournament was a uh, 
uh, got rave reviews from fans, from people in the business. I'll give a quick plug. If you go to shophonor.com, you can actually get the DVD of the entire Pure Tournament. Uh, Jonathan Gresham ruled that division uh, since its uh, resurrection, as, as we might say. But recently, Josh Woods beat Gresham at mm -hmm. Death Before Dishonor last month. He is the new Pure champion. What are your thoughts in general on the Pure division, Pure wrestling? Is this something that maybe you would want to get involved in at some point? 100%. Like, I, I believe I can do that style at a very high level. And I look forward to getting back to demonstrate that. Um, you know, I get the proofs in the pudding. Um, so it's one thing for me to say it. I have to come back and I have to prove it. But I think that the pure division um, was the best move for the company at the time. Because if you look at what all the other companies were doing, it's like you haven't, instead of the the pandemic being a hindrance and um, what ring of honor did is turned it into a strength. Um, and with the pure style, in some cases, it even enhanced it when there was no crowd because of the, the style of wrestling that it was. Um, so <clears throat> when I look at that, I think also it allows the company to, it allows the company to create its own identity. You know, it allows the company to differentiate. And, you know, we're in an era where niche is king. That's kind of how the world is nowadays. So I think it was a genius move for the company. And obviously it created, you know, new, it created new stars and it enhanced others. It was, um, it's a very exciting part of Ring of Honor and I'm glad that it is here to stay. I, I couldn't agree more. I think the, the empty arena setting really did play into the unique uh, presentation and just the unique style that is pure wrestling. And uh, I got to give credit to um, Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman, who I thought did, I mean, they do an outstanding job all the time anyway, but especially I thought Absolutely. They, they really shined in the pure tournament uh, where the, you, it was just such great analysis from Caprice and obviously Ian's a great play by play guy. Mm -hmm. So couldn't agree with you more on that. And, and I think that the pure division really has kind of uh, to your point, set Ring of Honor apart. A lot of wrestling is uh, similar. A lot of wrestling, I guess, you know, there are only so many things I guess you can do. I yeah. mean, uh, but, uh, you know, nobody's doing the, the pure wrestling thing. So, and that's something. And anybody that does, they won't do it as well as Ring of Honor, as Ring of Honor do. I, you won't get an argument from me. And I think it, it starts at the top, right? It starts with Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, uh, who really, you know, he well, I, I mean, I said this, you know, there's a, a news article from a fairly big paper in the UK, which asked me, you know, because again, I wasn't on the show at the time. So it's like, well, I'm going to put over the other roster. And I said, you know, I think Gresham is the talent that is the one to carry the company forward at this time. I, I totally, again, I will agree with you. I think what, what John has done is, is amazing. And what I love about this whole thing with Jonathan too, is that we all knew how good he was. Like everybody within Ring of Honor, anybody who followed the sport of professional wrestling really knew how good he was. But it was always like, well, you know, maybe he doesn't have an abundance of charisma or maybe he's not, you know, I'm sure he's heard this plenty of times, not tall enough or whatever it is. But he really got the show with, uh, with this pure tournament and, and then, you know, subsequent his title defenses and all the matches he's had since then, that not only is he a fantastic wrestler but he does have personality he cuts great promos he does he's also absolutely jacked 
he is absolutely jacked. That was I was getting to that. Is that he is absolutely jacked. I don't know how much uh, poundage he has put on, but he certainly put it on in all the right places. I mean, every time he posts a, a gym selfie, I'm just more amazed, uh, and it, it kind of makes me feel bad about myself because. Um, Again, I, this is this I'd is what we're this this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like when you are one hundred percent focused, how far can you actually take something? You know, look at the time he's putting into bettering himself and becoming the best version of himself. As you said, Jonathan Gresham was skilled enough to just, you know, get extremely far with just his talent, knowledge, and experience. But he's gone. You know what? Even though I know that, I'm going to double down on everything here. I'm going to become the absolute best version of myself. And now, you know, he's a lot of people, he's one of, and a lot of people would argue is the best in-ring professional wrestler in the world today. Like a lot of people have said, that. I'm pretty sure Daniel Bryan listed him um, up there recently, or sorry, Brian Danielson now. Um, but yeah, I mean, no arguments from me about Jonathan Gresham's skill level. I mean, it's, uh, he is um, a phenomenal talent. Let me ask you about another guy in the pure yeah. Um, this is when we talk about unique competitors for the pure division, for sure. It's uh, it's the, it's one of the bouncers. It's the guy who uh, went toe to toe with you or, or beer for beer, I guess we should say in that mm-hmm. drinking contest way back when yeah. I think you, I think you cheated, but you admitted that you cheated. Uh, yeah. I think, I, I think I got, did I get caught? I can't remember. I, 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 did, think, I didn't win. Uh, no. Yeah, well, we're talking about Brian. Or no, was a successful and they didn't see how I cheated. I think. Right. That's right. But yeah, Malonis yeah. called so, I remember so. Bruiser was fooled, but Malonis said, no, you cheated, and here's how. He actually Ah, uh, so yeah, maybe they did call me out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. called you out on it. So Brian yeah. Malonis is in the pure division. What do you, what do you make of that as a, uh, you know, as a, as an observer, as an analyst? Like, what, what do you think about Brian? I mean, certainly. Well, it's, it's smart, isn't it? Yeah. It's smart. I mean, how many of the pure um, techniques are going to work on someone with that frame? That's it's true. smart. Simple as that. Okay. Well, let's move on to another division. Let's let's move on to the Ring of Honor World Title Division. And I mm-hmm. know this is a championship you've talked about wanting in the past. I mean, everyone obviously it's the we like to say it's the richest prize in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I know this. You said earlier in this podcast, you're not going to say I'm going to be the Ring of Honor. You don't have to say it. That's no. great. So uh, you, you'll go out and get it, but you're not going to talk about it. He, Bandito defeated a guy. Bandito, our new world champion, defeated a guy that was, you know, we thought was unbeatable, and that was Roosh. Let me ask you this. How do you think Joe Hendry would match up with Bandito? Because according to my research, you and Bandito have never faced each other. It was interesting. Um, I'll give you a quote from Riccoboni. Uh, Ian Riccoboni said, do you know what? Bandido is pound for pound. He's probably pound for pound the strongest, uh, the strongest guy in Ring of Honor, but Joe Hendry might be the strongest. So mm-hmm. I think that Bandido is um, a ridiculously talented athlete and professional wrestler. Um, you know, on paper, he, you know, he can press people with one hand. He can do all these, you know, these amazing maneuvers. He's the champion for a reason. He is at that, you know, S tier level. He is just that damn good. But I, I could kick his ass. Well, you have to have that confidence. There's no question about it. You yeah, like, that, listen, the guy's, the guy's skilled, but push comes to shove, I reckon I kick his ass. That's a match I would love to see. And here's the great thing. 
there's so many talented athletes in Ring of Honor, yet there's so many matches, so many great matchups we have yet to see. And that's one of them, is Bandito and Joe Hendry. So I would, I would love to see that when you, uh, when you get back over here. Me too. One, one other thing I want to talk about as far as things that have been going on in Ring of Honor while you have not been here, and that's faction warfare. There, there's, there's factions all over Ring of Honor. There's, obviously, there's the Foundation, La Faccion and Gobernable. There's Violence Unlimited. There's Shane Taylor Promotions. You could throw the Righteous and, and, and Vincent's, I'm just going to use the word, cult. You could throw them in there as well. Let me, so let me ask you this question. Are you interested in perhaps, when you get here, joining a faction or maybe starting your own faction? If I had the choice of my own faction, it would be me, Dalton Castle, David Arquette, and Caprice Coleman. Okay, so that was a surprise. I, you had me on the first three. Caprice is a bit of a surprise. Why would you see Caprice as part of your, your faction? Because he's the most underrated wrestler in the world today. Hmm. Simple That's- as that. I'm not going to disagree with you there either. It's funny. I've, I've agreed. Some people look, some people have it and he has it. He has it. He could, he, he could be a world champion. No question about it. He, He might go on to be like, I just, I think I've always had a good eye for my entire life of going that, that person's got it. That person's going to be champ. And I just, for whatever reason, I think that Caprice it, he just has that. Here's the thing about Caprice: he's he's got the the in ring talent. His physique is unbelievable. Um, he could talk the talk. He's there's a match. I think it's is it him and Lethal? Perhaps there's a match where he's yeah. he's like talking on the way to the ring, and he's just oozing charisma. Um, again, when he's when he is a a bad guy, when he's in touch with that sort of side of his personality, I think it really comes through. But he's also a tremendous human being as well. Um, if if I had a promotion, um, he would be at the top of my list. And I also, I just think that he would gel well in a sort of entertainment-based faction. Uh, now that you say it, I see it. I can absolutely see it. And, and, and yeah, Capri is... Like, because for me, I'm almost... Oh, I don't want to give too much away. I've got a whole idea around it. I'll, I'll save that for another day. I've got this whole concept behind those four individuals. But um, yeah. Okay. Well, that gets me excited. That gets me excited. But yeah, please. Yeah. Don't, don't give that away. I would like to, I would like to see that develop and, uh, and come together organically. Uh, but you know, the thing about Caprice is he's in his forties. I mean, if ever there was a guy who typified the cliche of age is just a number, it's Caprice because he is an absolute outstanding shape. You would never guess that he's, uh, I, I think he's in his early to mid forties at this point. Uh, but yeah, man, he, he's so good at the color commentary thing, but also he still wrestles. I mean, you don't see him wrestle that often in ring of honor, but he still wrestles indie shows and he holds regional titles. And whenever I see him with his shirt off, holding a, a championship belt, I'm like, damn, we've got the, not only do we have probably the best color commentator, we've got the most talented and jacked, color commentator well i think that's the thing as well i think the thing with caprice is it's like you can make it a special event when he does wrestle or gets involved in a match or something like that you know 
Um, I think that I, you know, I just think he's, um, he's just got it. It's as simple as that. Like I just, I, I can tell when someone's got it and, and a lot of people can, and I, I just, I see it. I see it. All right. One more guy I want to ask you about. And, um, I may be, uh, stirring up a little bit of trouble here. I don't know. Not, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a guy that likes to stir the pot. Uh, maybe I am, I don't know. But anyway, I'm talking about Brian Johnson. And mm-hmm. he said on a recent episode of Week by Week, he called you a bozo, um, yeah. holding him now. And he said you have stupid dyed hair. So I just have to ask you, what do you say in response? And what do you think of Brian Johnson just in general? And I'll tell you first what I think. I try to be objective. Uh, I have to do that as a legitimate journalist. Uh, but sometimes Brian tests my objectivity. Uh, and I, I have to be honest, I don't really care for him very much. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, it's, it, oh God, it's the cliches, man. It's just like bozo. Like, yeah. it's just, uh, <laughs> 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 like it, it actually, when he speaks and he says bozos and well, what, give me some of the other ones he says. That's, that's one of the main ones. See, it's so forgettable. I can't even remember. Yeah. Bozos, bozos is the main one. And then like, stupid dyed hair, stupid dyed hair. Yeah. It is just, it actually discussing this just <laughs> dissolves my brain cells. Like I even having to respond to that insult. That if a four-year-old said that, I would be disappointed in their <laughs> limited use of vocabulary. I have to respond to that stupid dyed hair and a bozo. It is, it is, it, it's tough. It's tough. That is the type of thing that will just drain your energy. Energy, Kevin. I will say though, the guy's got. He's getting himself over, and I know he would. I know he would, and here's why: because if you it's like jericho talks about this if you commit it's like his time at the groundlings he explained that he learned to commit brian johnson committed he didn't care if people were liking it or hating it he committed to it he made a choice he's like this is who i am i'm going to stick to it i'm going to use horribly boring insults but you know what for some reason you stick to something long enough and the fans get behind it he's he he has something for sure he will be uh he i i i think he will be a player here in ring of honor beyond his uh, limited use of vocabulary, he will go on to be a player. There's no question about it. Because, um, you know, everything above that I've said, you can't deny work ethic. You can't deny determination. But most importantly, you can't deny consistency. And uh, Brian Johnson will fight scratch his claw, fight scratch and claw his way to the top. And then he will be met with a jumping powerbomb from me. Hmm. Yes, grudgingly, I must agree with you that if you're strictly talking about his uh, talent, his work ethic, certainly his commitment to his craft and and being good at it, yes, you have to give Brian Johnson credit. And like you said, you have to commit and go all in. And Brian decided, I'm going to be the biggest that I can possibly be. And he is succeeding. Hey, it's good to have dreams. It's good to have dreams, and he is, he is making those dreams come true. I don't think he'll get any argument from anybody. All right, well, we're going to take our final break, and then when we come back, 
Joe, you know, usually we do 10 questions, but we already did that. That's, that's, we did that with you back on episode five. I think we had you and Dalton answer the questions together. I want to do something totally different. And it was inspired by the challenge you did with Session Moth Martina, where you, you basically quizzed her on general knowledge questions. Um, I believe they were questions that elementary school kids in, in the, the United States were taught. I, I believe that was the setup. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how Jesus was born 2,000 years uh, BC. I'm still trying to figure out how she came up with that one. But anyway, I'm going to base it on that, uh, but it's going to be on American pop culture. Okay. Okay. Go All right. We're, we'll I'm do just going to say I'm going to. I've got Google right in front of me, but I will give you my. Ah. I will give you my word. I will close the window now. And yes. I will not. I will not use it. All right. If I hear keys tapping. I'm going to know. You'll what, Kevin? You'll what? I'm going to know that you cheated. Okay. <laughs> you'll be shamed. Therefore. You'll be shamed. Therefore. You'll be shamed publicly. Okay. I should make, I should make this part on, on, be on camera just so I can watch you. But no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you, Joe. I'm going to trust you on this. Well, thanks, Kevin. Okay. We'll do that right after this. Let's roll, America. Roll up your sleeves to give blood. You can help save lives of patients that depend on blood every single day. Ring of Honor Wrestling has once again teamed up with the American Red Cross for Sinclair Cares Roll Up Your Sleeves. Make an appointment today to donate blood. Your donation will help save lives and impact countless more. Go to SinclairCares.com to schedule your appointment now. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast with Joe the Answer, Joe Hendry. Uh, Joe, clo- close that window that has It's Google. closed. It's closed. All right, all right, keep it closed. We're going to play a game here where I'm going to ask 10 questions, all based on American pop culture. I want to see how You've much- built this up. You're sounding like Jigsaw from So. You're like, it's time to play a game. Let's, <laughs> let's roll. Let's roll. <laughs> I, I want to see how much you know about our pop culture here okay. in the good old U.S. All right? right? All right, let's do it. Question number one. Can you name the four original members of the iconic rock group KISS? Uh, Gene Simmons. Uh, Paul Stanley. Yep. Ace Freely. And I'll tell you the reason I know them is because Rivers Kumo mentions it in, in the garage um, on Weezer's Blue album. Okay. Um, thanks for sending interested in that. Um, oh, God damn it. So Gene, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Freely, and... I'll give you nah. a hint. Who, okay, give me a hint. He's the drummer. He's the drummer. Nah, I, I won't get it. Like he, his character was the cat man. Nah, no? I, 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 don't know. I don't know. Okay. Peter Chris. Okay, never would have got that. Okay. So I'm going to give you three. Since you got three out of four, you get three quarters of a right answer. All right. Sweet, sweet. All right. Question number two. The fast food chain Wendy's had a famous slogan in the 1980s. Do you remember what that slogan was? Um, probably not, Kevin, considering I was born in 1988 and I'm not from the United States. So 
gonna say probably not on that one. <laughs> okay, I would see. You know, I, there was things that happened before I was born, but I still. Kevin, don't. you should be fired for asking that question. <laughs> see, when you hear it, you're gonna say, "Oh, I remember that." Uh, <sighs> I'll give you another hint. It was a little old lady who who said it. Um, I. You don't know. You don't know. Okay. It was where's Jesus. the it was where's the beef? Okay. Doesn't ring a bell. No. Okay. No. Alright, here's one that's wrestling oriented. Okay, good, good. But again, now so a lot of these questions are gonna be uh back in the eighties or whatever. <laughs> Do you remember before you were born what the catchphrase hey. for an American food chain was? No, Kevin, I don't. Carry on. Well, come on. You asked Session Moth some pretty tough questions, too. Like, what continent is America on? You know? I mean, that wasn't fair. Yeah, that's of equal difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question number three. It's the wrestling question. Hulk Hogan's theme song, Real American, was originally yep. intended for which tag team? Ooh. Okay, so... It must have been WWE. Yeah, that's good. So, and in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, who would have been kicking around around that time? Um, I'll go for Road Warriors. No. No, it was the US Express, Barry Windham, and Mike Rotundo. You can actually go on YouTube, and they did use it for at least one TV taping. But then they left. I think Wyndham went back to the NWA, and they gave it to Hogan. There you go. Okay. All right. Quite, but if you thought the Where's the Beef was bad, or, or you know, before you were born, here's another one that's even even earlier. But again, this is an iconic actor. Have you heard of the actor James Dean? Yes. Okay. He only made three movies before his tragic death. Can you name one of those movies? Rebel Without a Cause. Yes. Very good. See, that was before you were born. There you go. That's fine. That's fine. That's that, yeah. Ah. There, there you go. Okay. So, so now it's, it's okay if you know the answer. Well, yeah. Okay if you don't. I think it was more just the icing on the cake for me was, do you remember? <laughs> Funnily enough, Kevin, I don't remember what happened before I was born in a different continent. Okay, that was pretty stupid. That was right up there with uh, Jesus being born in BC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How much do you follow American sports, Joe? Do you follow them at all? Not at all. I don't okay. follow any sports apart from right. uh, apart from MMA. All right. Well, you probably won't get this right then. But this is a question <laughs> about the Super Bowl. And look, the Super Bowl is broadcast all over the world. Yes, it's oh. uniquely American, but it's broadcast mm -hmm. all over the world. Sure. So question number five. Who is the Super Bowl trophy named after? Uh, oh. No, I'm getting confused. I'm <laughs> thinking of the Stanley Cup there. <laughs> um, oh, Christ. No, not, not Lord Stanley. No, no. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. Vince Lombardi. Ah, there you go. Okay. I already know you're not going to get question number six. Maybe I'll have to think of another question. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over six because. Well, what was six? Uh, it was going to be which ma which major league baseball Hall of Famer? Oh, Jesus, yeah. Is is known as Mister October. 
Uh, yeah, let's 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 just. All right, I won't even count that. Okay. All right, here's another one. Great, great segment, Kevin. Great segment. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good for me. Yeah. yeah. All right, question number seven. This is another baseball question, but it's about a movie. A famous baseball movie said, "If you build it, he will come." That. Oh. What is that movie? Well, I don't think it's basketball. Uh, <laughs> I said ba- no. I said baseball. Oh no, basketball. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was a joke. Yeah, I joke. see. I, I got it. I got it. Oh, I don't know, Kevin. I don't know. Really? I thought for sure you would nail this one. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Which is also like the worst marketing strategy of all time, isn't it? If you build it, they will come. I've, uh, I've been on the, uh, the losing end of that one a few times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is not going well for you. All right. Question number eight. It's going fine for me, Kevin. I think it's a reflection of your ability to put together uh, an achievable <laughs> quiz. Okay. Question number eight. <laughs> as soon as I say the first two words, you're going to be like, oh, this isn't fair. What 1970s American sitcom made a superstar of John Travolta? I'm assuming you've heard of John Travolta. Oh, is it something family? No. 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 Uh, who knows, man? Welcome Jeez. back, Cotter. Oh, welcome back, Carr. Of course. Of course. That sitcom I used to watch before I was born. Classic. <laughs> All right. Question number nine. This is a little more recent. A little more recent. Okay. Who won the first that's, season? That's the, that's the problem. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the decade as well. It's the decade. You got. You could take away one. You got to mix up one variable: the location, America. We get it. If you're right. going to start messing with decades before I was born, that's just come on. Anyway, maybe it's a little unfair, but we'll see. All right. Question number nine: Who won the first season of American Idol? Kelly Clarkson. There you go. All right. You got another there you one. Go. See. Okay. All right. We'll be on one and three quarters. <laughs> I think that's two and three quarters. Oh, God. All right. Question number, because you got the James Dean. And, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Question number 10. Which American teen actress was on the cover of Time Magazine in 1986? You've heard of Time Magazine. Again, before I was born. Okay. But you know, you know what Time Magazine is, right? Yes. Yes. I'm aware of what Time Magazine is. This was a very... Um, this was this big deal because a, a teen actress, she was she was 18 at the time, made the cover of Time magazine. She's made movies that, yes, they were made in the 80s, but I'm sure you, you, you've heard of these movies. I'm going to say Michelle Pfeiffer. Molly Ringwald. Mm, no idea who that is. Oh, come on. You've never heard of Breakfast Club? You've never heard of 16? Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty in Pink. I mean, they, those movies didn't make it to scotland what do you want me to say kevin that those movies are not available on streaming services in scotland is that what you want me to say i don't know i'm asking i assume they will be kevin i just haven't seen them okay all right well so so those are 10 questions uh we we, we skipped one of them mr october so i guess we have to we'll just throw that one out because i i yeah, was rough it's yeah, pretty I, can't rough, think, man. I can't think of another one right now. So we'll give you 
two and three quarters out of nine. See, the thing I liked about session moths um, is a lot of her questions, you could actually figure it out with the information that you had at the time. Whereas, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Well, that's, they were unreasonable questions. Well, that's the nature of trivia, I believe. If you don't, you either know it or you, or, or you don't know it. Well, no, you can create questions that require some um, powers of deduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, well, that's, uh, true. that's true. Yeah, just some feedback for you, you know. Okay, so you're saying this, this experiment failed miserably, but not because of you, because of me, because I... 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Okay, I'll I'll tell you what, right? So I'll I'll create some questions for you, okay? Okay. So, the documentary series "The Last Dance" is based around which American sports star? Michael Jordan. There you go. It's an achievable question. That's an example of one that you could have done. Kevin James was made famous by his leading role in which American sitcom? Oh God, the one with Leah. Remini with the never a big fan of that show. I, I don't remember. It's fantastic. King of Queens. King of Queens, yes. Never saw a single episode. The Simpsons. Yeah. One of the most iconic shows of all time began its life as a short on which American show? Uh in living <laughs> In living color. I don't know. The Tracy Ullman Show. The Tracy Ullman Show. She's British. See, that's, that's see, how, see how this works? See, it was a show in America. You see how this works? <laughs> you asked about things. Like questions. That. Look at it. Even though you didn't get it, we're moving it forward. We're batting it back and forth. Kevin, yeah. don't make me have to come over there and do your job as well as mine. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, you've 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 uh, you opened my eyes that that possibly these questions were unfair. Years. Yeah. I uh, you know I did I I read these questions to my wife to see what she thought and she agrees with you, Joe. She's like, yeah, he's he's not going to get any of those. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's like, Don't these be are, yeah. She's probably thinking about divorcing you right now. Like, <laughs> she's like, these are things that you know. These are things that you like because I do love. 70s sitcoms and i do love molly i had a huge crush on molly ringwald and i'll tell you what kevin i'll show you we'll do a little trick right i'll show you this right what i want you to do i'm going to ask you a question don't answer it just store the answer in your head kevin think of a number between one and ten go got it is it seven actually it is there you go how did you do that you want to see something magic let's do it again kevin number between one and ten go you got it? Got it. Four. Three. Ah, damn it. Close, close. <laughs> Never mind. Carry on. Okay. Well, that's should've it. She just left I mean, it at seven. She just left it there. She should've should've just let you wonder. Yeah, because it, it really was seven. Like, I don't know. Was there some Was there some powers of deduction there? Like, is that, did you, like, do most people say seven because it's kind of in between one and they ten. do but the reason i interrupted your sentence is because you said 70s just before i asked it so i thought it would be the number that would be subconsciously in your head so there was some there was some thought that went into that okay yeah the four was just the random choice because people either go they don't when people answer questions they don't like to choose extremes above seven there's only eight nine and ten so i knew you'd go lower and i thought four seemed like the safe option that seemed like the kevin option but you went for three you've surprised me 
you're a pretty smart guy, Joe. I got to give it to you. Uh, you yeah, can- I mean, you know, first class, master's degree, but who's counting, you know? <laughs> All right, well, Joe, I feel like we maybe ended on an anticlimactic note with those. Uh, it was a great. I read, your, I read your mind. How's that anticlimactic? That is good. Yes, you saved the show. I, I did. That's what I do. We, we had a great first uh, three segments. I brought the show down with. The, yep. Which 100%. I thought was. I thought it was a brilliant idea to, to, to test you on American-based pop culture. I thought it was a great oh, yeah, idea. Yeah, the idea is fine. Execution was horrible. Yes, great idea, horrible execution. You saved the show at the end with reading my mind. So There you go. Thank you. I, I just want to say thank you for that. And, and thank you for joining me. And, Kevin, yes. number between one and ten, go. Got it. Nine. Two. Ah, damn it. Yeah, well, there you go. Now we've ruined it. All right, how about you think of a number between 1 and 10? Okay. 6. Yep. Genuinely was. Really? It was. All That's right. one of the only ones we've not picked. Well, I was going to say, you wouldn't pick one. See, I did. I tried to do what you did and, and figure it out. You wouldn't pick one that we've already said. So that yep. limited it, and I thought somewhere in the middle, it's going to be 5 or 6. I went with 6. There you go. Try was, that out. Try that out on your friends. They will all pick. They will usually default to 7. They will usually default seven. Well, this is fun. I have there you go. This. All right. Well, Joe, this has been uh, not only entertaining, it's been educational. So I, I want to thank you, number one, for joining me, giving me so much of your time, and especially giving me about three times as much time as Dalton Castle did. Well, there you go. All right. All right. Well, let me also thank everyone out there for listening today. It's been very entertaining, I'm sure for all of you, uh, except for the uh, trivia part. All right, and I want to remind everybody that a new episode of the ROH Strong Podcast drops every Monday morning on ROHwrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Keep it locked into ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels, at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news regarding upcoming episodes. Also, the latest ROH news and views you can check out my column, X-Files, every Friday on ROHwrestling.com. And I just remembered, Joe, I forgot to ask you where people can follow you on social media. I would be remiss if I didn't do that. So go ahead. So on Twitter, at Joe Hendry. Instagram, at Joe Hendry. TikTok, at Joe Hendry 1. Joe, thank you again. Thanks for having me, Kevin. All right, until next time, this is Kevin X saying stay safe. And let's all be ROH strong.